Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Well, hey everybody, so glad that you're uh, joining us as we do a little debrief with Kyle and uh, Miracle. They just uh, recently got back from a trip. We prayed for them uh, before they left, and, uh, and so now we get a little bit of a recap. So we're going to take the next few minutes and just kind of debrief with them what they, what they saw, what they experienced, what they smelt, what, uh, what stuck in their heart, and what, they're, what they are soon to want to forget about. Uh, and so let's go ahead and, and dive right in. So uh, have either one of you ever been out of the country before? Is this your first, first time like really out of the country? I'm not talking about Mexico or Canada. This well, I've been, okay, yeah, I've been in Jamaica. Yeah, that, that, kind of, that kind of remind me of it. Yeah, poverty, I think we say this all the time, poverty looks the same in every, on every continent. So there's not a different kind of poverty. Mm-hmm. So once you've seen it, you've seen it, smells it, you, probably the smells reminded you of Jamaica too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you've been? On a cruise to Mexico, so. Yeah, okay, well, that's out of the country. That's what yeah. this was, it was a cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this definitely wasn't a cruise. No, it right? wasn't. <laughs> a little bit different. It was 10 times better than Yeah, I'll tell you I that. agree. Yeah, what makes, it, what makes it better? Well, let me, let me ask this question first. So uh, there's no doubt you had some preconceptions before you left. You kind of had, you had to have some idea of what it was going to look like, what the day was going to be like. You know, you, obviously you do some emotional prep and some spiritual prep. But now coming back, what were some of your misconceptions? What was better or what was worse? For me, I had zero expectations. Okay. I was like, I know this is going to be different, and I know that it's going to be nothing like here. Were you expecting it to be out of your comfort zone? Absolutely. Okay, so then why would you want to go out of your comfort zone? That's a great question. Because that's my favorite thing to do. All right. It's how you grow, yes. I would say I was out of my comfort zone, maybe at some points, but I was just immediately diving into it. If there was at some points where I was doing something new or something, I was ready for it. Okay. So 10 years ago, your dad went. Mm-hmm. And the reason I remember that, because we went together. Mm-hmm. So I, there's no doubt you heard some of his stories. Mm-hmm. How did they compare to Well, your... I don't recall. I just remember pictures, really. Okay. All right. We talked about the termite mounds, uh-huh. medical work. Did you see some termite mounds? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't stick there as long as he did and look at it but <laughs> <laughs> we ran across flesh-eating ants too yeah i about? got bit by a flesh-eating ant and i'm proud to be bit by a flesh-eating ant kyle i've known you a long time <laughs> i don't think i've ever been around you and an animal that didn't bite you i remember <laughs> mice biting you oh no so speak, speaking of mice though there's toe-eating mice in ivory coast did y'all see any toe-eating mice no praise god no you got all your Mike toes. Mike did talk about it. Kyle, yes. Kyle has a bandage on his toe. I thought maybe toe-eating mice. Uh, I got infected. In. <laughs> I came back with not COVID, but something else. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, well, what part What part of the, the work did you enjoy the most? I liked every bit of it. Yeah? I did too. Just the driving force of it all being a reward and just doing the Lord's work. Like, I, I really... Why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what you did do? Because people know you went to Ivory Coast, but what, what did you do while you were there? So the first day we cut, Mimi and I, and I think Solomon, we cut metal for the trusses while we're cutting it. They're, they're welding up the trusses. And then the next day I started digging the foundation with the uh, villagers. For the school that, that we're, mm-hmm. we're, helping, we're helping to build there. Yes. I mean, that was... 
I would love to keep doing that. <laughs> I wish I wish we were digging a bigger foundation because those relationships I built up with those guys and just going back and forth. I mean, I had a, I had AirPods with me and I would share the AirPods with the guys and, and I was putting on God's worship and their live songs and the, at the end they're clapping and so are the guys. So the villagers start clapping. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Getting into it. But uh, uh, yeah, I terribly miss that being in a hole. So they, just, so they, you know, they get their tractors and their augers and all their, you know, to, to dig the foundation. They brought in the backhoes and the dozers and and all that, right? <laughs> no. no pickaxes and shovels. <laughs> yeah, metal rods, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, it's a whole different way to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and we started building the roof on the church as well. Yeah, the next week yeah. that we were there in Tonda, we started and building the roof. While the men got to work on the roof, mm. I was able to <laughs> go across the road. Um, we were in Abukamon, which is 20 minutes away from Tonda. And, Seven miles. Mm. Yeah. And um, teach English to the village kids there. And I did that that entire second week for about an hour and a half. So I taught them the alphabet because they mm. did not know the alphabet at all. Um, I taught them the Jesus Loves Me song. And then in the mornings, I would go next door to the orphanage for about two hours and help teach English to them. And Pastor Paul's kids, um, Jamima and Esther, would translate for me okay. to the kids and to the kids in the village as well. So let me, let me stop there for just a moment and explain a couple of things. So okay. uh, for those of you who say, I might would want to go to the Ivory Coast, but I wouldn't be able to teach English. So how did your management and marketing degree come in handy to teach English? How prepared were you to teach English? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, So, but you did it. Yeah, right? I just prayed for guidance, and I just was looking up online, you know, easy ways to teach English. Um, and they didn't know the alphabet, so, you know, how I learned the alphabet was the alphabet song. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd go letter by letter. And then eventually you taught them the song. And we also had books that we were able to give them. Um, and it was the alphabet with animals. And I was able to read them the book and we were able to give them okay. too. So English is so important because they understand that that's, that's the language of capitalism. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to make it in the world, mm -hmm. they've got to know English. Yes. So they take every opportunity. So mm -hmm. while teaching English isn't necessarily missionary work, it certainly is because mm -hmm. we get to build relationships with them and... Absolutely. And remind them of God's love. And, I was uh, as well doing that yeah. in the trench. I was just digging and be like, shovel, digging. <laughs> and they would, I, I asked them to repeat it. And then they were teaching me stuff as well. But then Mike came over there. He's like, you're not learning French. You're learning Kalongo. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I accept it still. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit into what have you missed the most since you've been home? No, let me ask this. Let me ask a first question. What once you got over there, what did you miss the most while you were over there? Nice water pressure okay. in the shower. <laughs> All right. Um, Definitely. For me, it's always been air conditioning. <laughs> we had air conditioning in our room. Well, isn't that? It something? was nice. Yeah, Josh is on the other side of that camera. That would be nice, wouldn't it, Josh? Air conditioning. <laughs> huh. I have little toe rats breathing on me in the middle of the night. Oh, That's no, the air no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Kind of. 
Honestly, I don't think I missed everything. I was glad to get out. <laughs> I was glad to leave. Leave here? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I was missing it. I mean, obviously family in a way, but and friends, that's probably about it. Yeah. So since you've been back here, what have you missed about there? Oh, my gosh. Everything. <laughs> Everyone. The people? Um, absolutely. Oh yeah, Every single one. Isn't it funny how quickly you can connect with people? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Another little add-on here, but it's funny to me how we emphasize Bible study so much and unity around church attendance and things like that. But how much quicker can Christians grow together when they serve beside each other? Extremely. I mean, it's just so, mm -hmm. it's just exponential when you serve with people. You really become with them. So you guys experienced that. Mm -hmm. So how many white people were on your trip? Uh, me, uh, Kyle, Denver, Mike, and Deline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I guess Denver is white. Um, I'm just kidding. So he's something. He's a different breed, all right. Yeah. So how did that? You know, I know we're in a huge racial issue in in our country. That no no issues there. Mm -hmm. Right. Nope. Um, what about the food? That's always a good question. Pretty good. So good. Yeah. They cater to you? I mean, the villagers, they cooked us lunch every day. We were working the village. Huh, I had to take my lunch. <laughs> but they, <laughs> I, mean, I need to take this June trip. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they, they always made sauce with the meat and rice. Mm -hmm. And Mike and Diver never get any of the meat. They just get the sauce. But I wanted to try the meat. <laughs> <laughs> the first couple days, it was good, but the... I think it was like the third day there in the village. I took one bite of a piece of meat. I was like, oh, this is something different. Mm -hmm. And I flipped on the other side, mm -hmm. and both sides looked different. Mm -hmm. It turned out it was a tongue of something. Yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> if you go to a restaurant and you order, and they say, what do you want? You don't say, I'd like some meat. <laughs> but in Africa, it's like, oh, we had meat. And yeah, everybody's we, like, oh, okay. We got you. We yeah. got you. But here you wouldn't say, what are we having for supper? <clears throat> meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sauce. We were able to go to um, a woman's house. Her name is Lena, and she's Lebanese. Lebanese. So we ate a lot of Lebanese food as well, and it was so good, mm. so good. Same thing in Tonda. We went and they have this Lebanese guy's house, Shumon. Yeah, I think so. This is like he owns a market there in town. Mm. And his wife made us a huge meal of Lebanese food, and we had a bunch of like pastries and tea afterwards. We had anise. Which is mm, a, yeah, I know that. Oh, so good. So do you? Oh yeah, we had a tea party. That's what we had. Do yeah. you have? Uh, are they believers or just friends? No, I'm pretty they, sure they're Muslim. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good. I'm mean, not good. They're Muslim, but good that there's relationships there and trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we worked with one guy, or he worked with us. He was Muslim. His name was Mohammed. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he was around my age, but I thought Solomon was around my age, but it turns out he's 28 years old. So yeah. I don't mm. can't really say, mm -hmm. but. Uh, he was real shy at the beginning of the trip, but he kept coming around. And after I learned, Jesu Tim, Jesus loves you, I kept telling him that. I <laughs> just kept telling him that all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and he opened up a lot by the time that he left. It was mm -hmm. really amazing mm -hmm. to see. Well, tell, tell, tell us some stories that you, that you want to tell. What are some things that you... 
that you want want us to know about your trip? What did God What did God say to you? I mean, you got a little bit of a taste now. You know, you got the 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 heart can't really taste what the eyes haven't seen. You guys have seen it. Now your heart can taste it. You see a little bit of a vision of the future with the school, the kids. You know, you know the environment they're growing up in. You know, you see the lack of the gospel all around, and and their willing, quick reception of the gospel when they hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you kind of got an idea of what the future could look like. So what are you most excited about for the future of of our work there in the Ivory Coast? Helping those people draw closer to the Lord because they desperately need discipleship, desperately. And that's just been my, that's been on my heart ever since I've been back because I know they just they need it badly because they are adopting things from the outside world, different religions and stuff like that. And it's just it's kind of sad to hear, but you know that's just another opportunity for us to do when we're there. Mm-hmm. I know we work a lot when we're there and shine a lot, but you know there's that some point where we gotta start getting closer with talking to them and things like that and. The church is there. They just need growth. They need discipleship. So hopefully you see that in the future. It's one of the things that we've really tried to start establishing. We did it this past February. We're going to do it again this coming February is uh, all the church planters that we're working with is taking them aside for a couple of weeks and, and teaching them how to disciple their people and how to how to teach them to learn. And mm-hmm. It's one thing to have church. It's another thing to know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. And and you know they're they're good pastors, uh, but they, you know, we all we all are getting better. I hope. Mm-hmm. What about you, Miracle? What do you, what do you think about the future? And oh, what, you, what, what excites you the most about the future? There's a hospital as well. Yes, mm-hmm. just the future plans that they that Mike and Delene have. Just like they're the only school that has a library, and the only school that has like the tablets. And they're about to be, you know, K through 12 at this point once we get the high school built. Um, I'm just excited about it all. I'm excited to be able to go back and hopefully continue being with the kids and talking to the kids. Um, I think what's really amazing that really inspired me was how bold the Ivorians are that are believers Mm. because I feel like they were more bold than the majority here. Like mm-hmm. anything that like they would talk about, they would just talk about the Lord all the time mm-hmm. and everything would always go back to him. And you could just like see the love and like the light just coming out of them. Um, and it really inspired me to be, mm-hmm. you know, bold and not scared and mm-hmm. just, you know, none of the Ivorians ever complain, not a single time. They were never negative and in any situation. And we were all working, you know, all day until late in the evening. And, you know, I feel like it's easy for us to, you know, complain and, you know, I'm tired or that was so hard or whatever. Um, But to be surrounded by a group of people who are just so full of love it just really inspires you to do better mm-hmm. and not complain anymore and be grateful instead and kind of remember, you know, why you're doing the work and that makes everything a lot easier. Yeah, I think sometimes it's we have so much freedom in our country. We do. Uh, 
and it's, it's it, corrupting us. It really has killed us. It's killed our witness. It's made us soft. We've always got something else to look forward to instead mm -hmm. of just digging in and doing the work. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the thing that separates them away. What, you know, we are so distracted, and they don't have anything else to do. So that, mm -hmm. th this is what it would look like for us if, that's fallen, if we weren't so distracted. It's fallen on them as well. Like I said, back to them looking at us. Mm -hmm. I mean, they want to be that. That's right. They want to be that. Their communication, you would think it's slower than us, but it's on point over there. It's insane how fast they communicate just like us. It's, it's mind-blowing in a way. Mm -hmm. Whenever the, all those protesters got everything together in one day and had all this planned through, what, four hours of rope just driving, they got all this planned, miles and miles and miles. It just Sometimes it just even doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it, they did it, so... So, so what's a typical day like? Tell us what time you wake up, what, what's, your, what's your process? So we'd wake up around, I think I was the last one up every day. So. In a way, you, where do you sleep? Do you sleep in a, do you say in a house? The Tonga Hilton. Yeah. Hilton Tonga. They call it Tonga the Hilton. Hilton. Um, but it was just like a, like a house and it had a separate bedrooms and it had like a, hmm. I don't know what the term is called, but kind of like a living room and it had a kitchen. Wow, so. we, I had a tent. <laughs> I Go ahead, really, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> we had beds and air conditioners. Um, must be awful. We had a bathroom with a shower and a toilet. What? A toilet? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not my Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and so someone would make breakfast, whether it would be like Deline or Mike or Kyle would help out. Um so around like 6, they would wake up. I would wake up around 7. We would have breakfast around 7.30 or 8. Um, and every morning, um, Delene would, what do they call it, popcorn? You know, kind of like the game Popcorn You. Oh, mm -hmm. But she would just pick a scripture mm -hmm. and give it to Mike, and he would read oh, it. Oh, popcorn ser sermon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he would give like a testimony to that scripture, like encouragement for the day mm -hmm. so that we could kind of like meditate on that. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful throughout the day because I would just kind of keep my mind on that. Anytime I would get, you know, frustrated or tired or whatever, would just go back to that scripture that morning. Um, we would work until about noon. We would have lunch and then we would have tea time after lunch. I miss tea time. And... Then we'd go back to work until about 5. We would have dinner. Um, about every night, Mike would give story time. That was my favorite time because we were able to really get to know him and Deline, um as people and kind of know about their lives as missionaries because, I mean, as you know, they first went to Africa when they were 26. Mm -hmm. And I don't know their age, but <laughs> they're a lot older than 26 yeah, now. Yeah, 27, Mike's 28 65. Yeah. And, um, he is. <laughs> it was really cool to hear their testimonies and things that they've lived through um, because before I had went to Africa, I was really praying, you know, I want this to be like praying to God. Like I want this to be a humbling experience. Like I don't ever want to be the same again. Like I just want you to wreck me in like the best way. Um, and I really want to know what missionary life is like. Like I don't want it to be the, you know, what some mission trips can be where it feels like a vacation mm -hmm. or 
come over and play with the kids. Yeah, you play with the kids and then you leave and you're like, oh, well, that was fun. Like, I wanted to really know, like, what missionary life was like because I've just kind of been praying about potentially getting plugged in um, somewhere and doing something with missions. And so I just wanted, like, the real experience. And you feel like you got it. I feel it. like I got that, mm-hmm. yeah. So did it confirm what you're praying or did it? Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> okay. I good. can't wait to go back. Yeah. So when are you going back? February. All right. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm excited. All right. I'm just reading through some questions that maybe we didn't answer yet. Um, oh, uh, Mike and I would wake up probably around 6 every morning. For the first week we were there, we went to the village and picked up the villagers to come and work. And after that week, we wake up at 6 and get breakfast prepared, which was awesome. I missed taking that drive, that seven-mile drive. Mm-hmm. We go pick up the villagers. They had a smile on their face every time. How many, how many were you getting? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. And Mike said he's never, as long as he's been in Africa, he's never seen the, these guys dedicated to work, ever. Like, that's, that's something crazy to hear, especially for me. It's my first time here. This guy's been here 50 years, you know. And he's never seen this guys, these guys so dedicated, people, these Ivorians so mm-hmm. dedicated mm-hmm. to work, to work for the church. Yeah. And I just want to say, sometimes it takes 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this, this is the like kids that. and grandkids of the ones who were first influenced, and mm-hmm. they're starting to get it. It's getting into the DNA. Mm-hmm. And just, like, background for that, because I don't know if many people know, like, what they were doing, but they were digging, digging the foundation for the high school, so... They had to dig how many feet? Three or four. Three or four with the pickaxe. And, you know, they would pick them up. They would work from seven to seven all week. And at the end of the day, every day Mike would ask them, you know, who's going to come back tomorrow. And immediately Hmm. all of them would raise their hands up. And they were making $3 a day for doing that, for digging. I think so. $3 a day. And all the money was for their church, mm. Mm. which I just feel like is really powerful. Their leader out of those 15 guys, his name is Moses, but his nickname was, I think it was Lil Cousineau. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> mm. he was grinding up everyone to get, get them to work. Point, pointing everybody all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His name is Moses, sweet guy. Uh, any any anything else you you want to tell about the trip? I know I know you're having conversations with people who help support you and people who prayed for you while you were gone and all that. So I mean I know you can't give us the full picture, but anything else you would you would like for people to know about your trip or what the Lord did in you or for you? Anything you heard from Him or how is your life different now that you're back? How do you see things differently? It's one thing to go on a mission trip and share your faith or, mm-hmm. you know, be bold and wrecked. It's another thing to come home and do that in the streets here. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do it. We do it over there in a village we'll never be back to, but you come home and we're silent in Walmart. So mm-hmm. I would say my, my courage has gone through the roof ever since we went through what that uh, traffic jam and stuff. And to be honest, I was like I said, it was all in one moment, that entire trip. It was all one reward. That was the biggest reward I got to take back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think there's probably a lot of people saying traffic jam, they're thinking one thing, but it definitely wasn't a traffic jam. So mm-hmm. Why don't you you guys take turns telling us about it, what your different perspectives were, what happened? So um, we got through that first one with that tree. That took about 45 minutes. We get to the next one. Don't assume that we know about a tree. I know, but people watching don't know. (laughs) 
So uh, the first one, it was a, a huge tree, maybe about five feet long. We have pictures. Not, not long, long. We may, long, we may but, throw you know, pictures girth, out if we. But uh, uh, we had machetes, and we gave it to these guys, and they they took turns, forty-five minutes of just cutting through this thing, and then they wrapped the chain back around it with the truck, pulled it, finally broke. At that point, did you know why the tree was down? Oh no, we knew exactly why. The, whenever we walked up to it, and I mean we were there for about an hour, and uh, so we get through that. We're maybe on the road for fifteen minutes. Maybe less than that, maybe 10, maybe even five. But we get to this next village and we see like just branches and stuff like bamboo, but we see people. And I mean, immediately, we're the third third vehicle in the line, like just the line of cars. And the one guy's throwing his hands. and Very demonic. Like, just like in a way, like he's, he, yeah, he looks like he's controlled by anger and just evilness I mean there's I think he was possessed there's sure. people all around and there's this one guy coming out here to the left of us with the whistle they got a nice jacket on the guy's doing this with his jacket I'm guessing that guy was head honcho of the ordeal but uh, they were holding people back they're just like you're not getting through here we'll, we'll let people through here at six o'clock I don't know why at six o'clock but uh, as long as we were there we kept drawing more attention Mike kept calling people to come to the vehicle to talk and see what the heck's going on, you know. And uh, at one point, there were these young guys talking to Mike, and I really wasn't paying attention until someone came and knocked on my window, but these guys wanted to take us around this traffic jam through, like, the, the bush. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that's what they were saying. And while that's going on, this guy's over here, and he's knocking on the window, well, I'm rolling down the window. Mary says, don't roll down the window. Delaney <laughs> said, don't roll, roll down the window. So I start rolling down the window. All part of God's plan, of yeah, course. But, yeah. but he goes, he starts speaking French, and like, and I'm just, I'm kind of freaked out. So I, I'm like, oh, I don't speak French. I start rolling up the window. He goes, no, 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 I speak English. I speak English, too. And so uh, he goes, uh, those guys, that, that guy up there is talking to, he's pointing to Mike. He said, I overheard them. They, they want to take you around, but they want to kill you and take all your stuff. And I was just like. But he's like yelling in our faces. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, yeah. He's dead serious about yeah. this. And he made, he made it clear to us. And Mike rolled up the window, started talking to him. And I'm, I mean, I'm 100% sure that Mike knew what those guys were up to because mm -hmm. yeah. Mike's been here for 50 years. But just to hear, for her and me to hear that, that was. Yep. Obviously, fear went down in my heart. In her heart, but uh, the second that happened, I just prayed. I just prayed, and it's still. I started crying. <laughs> it blows my mind how quick the Lord answered me in that mm -hmm. time, and I was willing to give myself to Him. I was willing for my blood to be spilled. Yeah. In that p moment of time, if I was the one to get out of that vehicle and sacrifice myself, I was willing to do that. And I put in my headphones, and a song co comes on. It's a uh, my fear doesn't stand a chance when mm -hmm. I'm staying in your love. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, the Lord's smacking me right now. Mm -hmm. He's getting me pumped up. <laughs> He's like, here, come, here comes the peace. And I swear on everything, I got smacked with the Holy Spirit. I went to Did you just say the Lord said, here comes the peace? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I went to sleep yeah. while this was all going on. He took on. a nap. After. I went to sleep. <laughs> and then I had the courage to get, after I woke up, to get out and go pee. Mm. <laughs> I'm just calmly walking step by step, Lord. You, Lord, <laughs> I know you got this, man. I know you got this. 
Oh, but that was definitely the biggest thing I took away because now it's just like, or if you're going to use my blood, mm-hmm. use it. You know, I'm I'm all right with it. You gave me peace, then you're going to give me peace whenever mm-hmm. if it if it happens or just whenever I die. Yeah, I'll be prepared. It's powerful. You probably have to learn that lesson just about every time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a lesson hard learned. Mm-hmm. But there's a just a supernatural peace that comes yeah. as a result of it in there. And how quickly it just I've learned over. it quick. I've learned it several times. Mm-hmm. It's in my story, but mm-hmm. uh, and I I can relate to those moments where it's. I want to get on the plane now <laughs> to, to oh. if I'm buried here, that's okay. Yeah. If it's for the gospel. So what do you think, Mimi? Tell us a little bit more. You, 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 I you, started you, crying you cried, but tell us. because, I mean, at, in the beginning I was fine. I was like, you know, the, and even then it wasn't anything about us. Like we were not targeted or anything like that. What um, was it? So tell us what it was. I know they were protesting. What, what, why were they angry? The so. Um, some law change. I don't know what the law was. I don't know what they changed it to, but the current president has already ran two terms and he wanted to run, he wants to run for a third. He was changing the constitution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the people are very upset there. Um, So their way of dealing with that was the protest and creating roadblocks so no one could travel through the villages to get to where they were going. Um, so I started crying and I was really proud of myself because I feel like normally I would have been very dramatic and, you know, very, uh, a little irrational, but (laughs) I, um, Deline, God really sent Deline for me. Like I know that he did because it was just me and her, um, other than some of the Ivorian women that were on the campus, but the Americans, it was just me and her and she has Parkinson's. And so, you know, it's really hurts her to travel I know it hurts me so I can't imagine how mm-hmm. much that it's harmful to her she's such a champ she is she and a um so I know that God sent her for me because I got sick the like second day we were there and she prayed over me and gave me medicine and was basically my mom the entire time mm-hmm. um and she just kind of put her arm around me and she was comforting me and she looked at me and she told me you know that God sent you here and you know that he wants you to be here and he's with you now. Like he hasn't left us. And I was like, I stopped crying and I just kind of in my mind was like, wow, like you're so right. And I had that peace. Like he was saying, just come over me. And so then I just started praying. Like, (laughs) I was like, God, like if this is going to happen, you know, I'm completely willing, but please just make it fast. Um, (laughs) like, Seriously, that was my prayer. Like, please just make it fast because I'm just a little baby. I'm a little baby to pain. Guess what? Jesus loves you. Um, Plug me. But I think it was it was just a really amazing moment for me because it was the first time that I felt like I was willing to give my entire life. Like, I didn't have my parents there to hold my hand or my friend or you know, and I had just known. Um, even Kyle, like for two weeks now, like I didn't really know anybody. So. It might seem like six years, but it's yeah. been two weeks. And so I finally was just like, <laughs> it's just me and God. And like, he is the only person that I have right now. And because I feel like before it's just, you know, you kind of pick and choose what you want to trust God with and what you want to keep to yourself because you think that you have better control over a situation. Um, and I feel like it has really taught me like, coming back like no I don't want to just give him parts I want to give him like my entire life and I just want him to do whatever he wants with it 
Because at the end of the day, it's like in my mind what kind of switch was, I can worry all day long about this or that, but that doesn't change the amount of control that he has. So it's just better for me in the end to just give it all. Just give it away. Yeah. It's funny how there's some things you just can't learn any other way. I know. Right. <laughs> it's literally uh, hmm. kind of frustrating, but at the same time. I wish we could only learn it once. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to learn it many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you made it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're here. <laughs> uh, and and you made it back to Abidjan. So how, how long did your trip home from Tonda all the way back to, back to Russellville? How, oh, that was depressing. How long did that trip last? <laughs> Did you have you done the math on that one? No. Twenty hours? It was like twenty hours. I felt like it was I, I bet more. It was, I bet it was longer than that. I didn't do the math, but I oh, I think the like, flying was yeah, like just in the hours. air. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Twenty hours in the air. Because the from Tonda to Abidjan, it's originally like six hours, and it turned into a thirteen-hour drive. Mm -hmm. And then we had the two days of resting in Abidjan, and we flew home. So. And your trip over there was like 30 hours. Yeah, it was longer because we had like an eight-hour layover in Brussels. On the way back, we didn't have super long layovers, just like two and three hours. Like just enough time to eat, use the bathroom, and head to the gate, which mm -hmm. was really nice. Traveling with COVID, what do you think? Ivory Coast, did they even know that there's such a thing? <laughs> in the in Abidjan, in the city, you are required to wear a mask. Um, <laughs> they ain't wearing no but mask, no. not a lot of people did, <laughs> no. Right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in Tonda, no. Yeah. Because, I mean, that morning people aren't concerned about that. Like, they're dying of malaria they're, anyway. Yeah, right? they're dying of malaria, and just a day in itself is like surviving. Like, you know, they wake up and you've got to go to the market every single day because there's no electricity. They don't have a refrigerator. Well, some people live miles and miles away. Like, it could take hours just to go to the market, mm -hmm. and you've got to come back. You've got to make a trip to the well. You got to um, the amount of time to pump the well. I pumped water out of a well, or I attempted in Abukamon, and it's a lot harder than it looks. Mm. Even with the upgrades, um, they don't have the rope mm. in the bucket. They have um, a pump you mm, press okay. down with your foot, but Brings it up. they jump on it. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't do it. It was it was a lot harder than it looked. But anybody get pictures of you doing that? Or yeah, I have a video, video on a picture, okay. but we, it's really we might, embarrassing. We, we might all get to see that. <laughs> Um, the amount of time it takes to fill up the, the buckets and then they, the women put the buckets on their head and then they've got to walk back. When you say buckets, we're not, we're talking like 10 gallon tubs. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're like, they're yeah. metal and Sand they come about, out about this far, Sand filled to the brim and they don't, they don't spill any of it. I've watched them do some of that. Some of those are like five buckets worth of water mm -hmm. in, in them. That's crazy. They're mm -hmm. like 50 pounds of water on their head. Yeah. And then they have the, their firewood. They've got to start making dinner um, if they have food. And, I mean, that's your whole day right there. It's just living. And what I thought was amazing was, was the women, like really just what we're actually capable of doing. Like, I mean, their arms are just pure muscle, just <laughs> boom, boom. It just blew my mind. I don't know why it just did. And Start cutting firewood. Yeah. And they will have the... The water buckets and they'll have their child wrapped around on their back with the bucket um you know some of the women will be riding a bike with things on their head like i just think it it was just really amazing to see mm. um how strong that they are 
I learned a lesson from Ma. You don't matter how big your muscles are, matter matters how much dynamite you got in them. Mm, that's right. That's right. Some of them are just for looks. Uh, yeah. When I was working with those guys, I tell you this: ain't never seen a white boy work, mm. and not like that. <laughs> uh, the Mike he uh, asked him to rate me on working, and uh, I didn't know he was doing this like the third day in, but uh, he came out there that evening. They over rated me. Then the second day, they said they didn't want me to leave. And then the last day we ever saw them, they said, we're going to come kidnap you no. tonight. <laughs> I was like, I'm okay with that. And I got to call on go home in a bukuma. <laughs> they actually, uh, uh, Sam, Sammy, Paul, Pastor Paul's son, he, he, he made up a name for me, a Colongo name. I forgot what it was, but mm. new text him. We'll, we'll find him. out. We'll find yeah. out what it is. And then we'll have it translated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, good. I, I talked to Kyle a little bit ago. He, he's planning on maybe trying to get back over there, too, sometime. So uh, it's exciting when people go on trips. It's really rewarding to know that they want to go back, and uh, and not because of just the trip, but just because of seeing the Lord work and the, the wrecking that he does in our own life and how nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. But... Man, how beautiful it is to be wrecked by by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me pray over you guys. And uh, if you want more information about them, they would love to tell their story and show you the pictures and uh, yes. in more detail of any of your groups that you'd like to have them speak at. I'm sure they, they've got stories that they've not been able to share with us. And so let me pray over you guys. All right. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing around the world. And thank you for using people like us, just ordinary people that are saying yes. And, uh, and your, your message continues to go out with power and it continues to change even those of us who are already changed. Uh, there, there's more, there's deeper, there's richer, uh, there's, there's better. And we thank you that you give us the ability to, to comprehend uh, your love as we are empowered by your Spirit. And, and yet your love is incomprehensible. And so there's always more left. And so no matter where we are in our walk with you, I pray that we would consider uh, continuing to, to depend on your spirit to, to comprehend your love, not just for us, but for the whole world. And may we see our part, whatever it may be, if it's financial, if it's going, if it's praying, whatever it may be, we would see our part in seeing the, the nations redeemed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whether we're using a shovel or whether we're using a textbook, or whether we're using a song, or whether we're uh, using a truss. Uh, Lord, you put resources in our hands.